listening to The Charged Hogwarts. Dogs, 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 all of the Modest Mouse albums in lightly contentious fashion. It was wonderful. It was a great discussion. And now it's the Happy Everybody Show where we talk about whatever we want adjacent ah. to Modest Mouse. So we do the thing we do at the top of every Happy Hour Mini Show, which is, y'all, what is the worst Modest Mouse song? That's not on Sad Sappy Sucker. That is fair. And the answer is Pistol. Uh, it is... Uh... <laughs> I got my pistol in my pocket. Oh, uh-huh. it's just <laughs> God, it's so fucking bad. It's because it's that, and he works so much. The thing is, I remember he was like finding a producer for it, and finally, like he found a producer. It's like I kind of get what's going on, and he's like, "Thank you, finally, someone who fucking understands." And it's right. like, isn't it the guy who did the butthole servers? Uh, yes, and it's like. Dude, just if you have a bad song, but you're looking for someone who will fuck with it, then maybe you should, I don't know. Because I remember the story about Good News was specifically, he was working with a producer after Jeremiah left on the song, and the producer was, like, pushing him back about, like, streamlining and polishing. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, man. I'm going to fucking kill you for talking to my songs this way. And it worked out. Uh, you know, but, like, it was just, I feel like sometimes Isaac needs to be reined in, and I feel like on Strangers, he wasn't. But, hey, that's just me. That was my nomination. Why is there that interlude, the Milo interlude on good news? Like, what is that? Yeah. Why? I mean, I get horn intro. Fine. It's self-explanatory. Here's some horns. It's the beginning of the album. Ta-da! Yeah. But then there's just, like, baby sounds over, like, uh, what is that instrument, even? Isn't that his his child? Fine, but, like, you do not talk about yourself and your family. (laughs) Like, you talk about these big ethereal things. Well, my favorite... like, a googly sound My favorite thing of all time is how they mentioned in the Wikipedia article, like, he uh, revealed the birth of his son during an interview with High Times Magazine. (laughs) Uh, and it was like, it was like, of course you did. And oh also that he had God. a daughter that they don't know the name of still, or at least it's not publicly known, which is like, oh, okay. Yeah, I figured this was going to be the episode where we talk about all the weird shit we know this band has done or been a part oh, of. Oh, and we will, we will get to it all. Stories are weird. Oh, yeah, but I need to know your nomination for a worse song. Yeah, no, I hate that interlude. I don't think it makes sense. Oh. Anywhere. I don't know why. It's not even, I can't even, I feel like it's not even a, a pick I can make because it doesn't count as a song. I mean, that's, so. a, that's a, it harkens back to a thing that I have said on the podcast before. Stop trying to put your children into your music. <laughs> <laughs> if your child is a single digit, they do not belong on your record. And that's just my humble opinion. Still waiting for Blue Ivy Soul. Um, <laughs> please no. Just let her, let her make her own choices. I think my least favorite is Ohio. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's just very... Oh, no. Oh, no. It's Mechanical Birds. <laughs> it's Mechanical Birds. Hands down. Hands down. Unlistenable. All right. Yeah, no. It's. I think we all agree. There's something about all of it. It's just, it's just sounds. Like, that's... No. Well, I would, <laughs> I would say before we talk about anything else, because we all have weird stories, but Nico, especially Nico, I want to hear what you have to say about Ugly Casanova. 
Oh, so Ugly Casanova Speaking is, of weird stories. Ugly Casanova is fun because it was sort of like, I don't know how to explain this, but if you ever met like your match kind of energy wise, uh, like out, but you know, when people used to go out, mm-hmm. you'd be like at a bar and you'd meet somebody, all of a sudden you like click and you have a vibe oh, and yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. And it's a, a kind of a mix between like being aroused, but also like sort of a gorilla, like recognizing your like equal kind of a thing, like pound on your chest. Anyway. So I, I just met have another... a full-length mirror with a hole cut in it, but yeah, that's yeah. just me. Oh, my God. But I met, like, <laughs> another Modest Mouse fan who, like, was like me. Like, we were talking about albums, and then all of a sudden he was, like, Ugly Casanova, and I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Wait, really? Yeah. And oh. it was, like, around 2006. Okay. Maybe is when I finally, like, so, um, but I was so, like, what? How could this happen? So it felt like this dirty little secret, and it's a lot of the things about Isaac Brock's music and Modest Mouse that I really like, and I really cast him over the, like, sinister, the, like, playfulness, some of the chunky songs, so, yeah, no, I really like the ugly Casanova stuff. Even though it has the story of there's a guy who pressured them backstage at a show to listen to the songs, and they loved them, but they couldn't find him, so they re-recorded the songs so as a way to bring them back. Yeah, it was like, okay. And it's then it was like, weird. oh, so that, that was all bullshit. Yeah. Okay, cool. It yeah. was just, it, it also sort of felt like that's what happened just in that, like, here's a weird internet story when the internet was new. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Taryn listened to it this week. Oh, I... Uh, <laughs> and I have tried before, I think at your recommendation, you know, a decade ago, a decade and a half ago. And I don't know, something about Ugly Casanova just doesn't doesn't click with me, which is crazy because it, it feels like it should. It's, it's Isaac paper, Brock. yeah. And even I even paper. this week listened to, they did some songs for a soundtrack in 2010, and it was like... Like, Eric Judy was on it, Jeremiah Green was on it, Tom Peloso was on it. So it was like, okay, so that was Modest Mouse. Yeah. You credited it as Ugly Casanova. And yet still, the vibe, I was just like, yeah, this just isn't, it's not clicking. It's not clicking. I, You know, I think part of why I like Modest Mouse is the teeth. Oh, and yeah. that is not present on Ugly Casanova. Well, and that's why it's it's fine. Because it's a nice little nugget off to the side, like, sort of by itself. If you mm-hmm. just sort of treat it that way. And then just feel relieved that it wasn't, like, a much more finished side project. Like, that's just a fine little thing off to the side. And I do enjoy it. I, there's some stuff that I really like. But yeah. um, certainly not. It wouldn't compare to anything that we talked about yeah. earlier. It's, it's a housing place for other experiments. Yes. That would fit mm-hmm. the Modest, Modest mm-hmm. Mouse brand. But, Nico, you said you had some crazy stories you wanted to... Oh, no. I just... There was... um. So we uh, saw Johnny Marr play at Marr. Marr. That's sort of how he looks. He sort of hasn't aged. So we saw him at Riot Fest uh, a couple of years ago, and he was just playing a bunch of Smith songs, which we were like, how is this? And we were like, no, of course. He probably split all the songwriting credits. He can play these songs... As much as Whenever he, like, he wants, wants to. Yeah. Well, right? remember, Morrissey can't play an instrument, so he. <laughs> so sort Johnny Marr is like Johnny the Mark architect. Is kind of like he. He's sort of screwed. No, totally true. <laughs> yeah. But he has a similar um, stage presence as Isaac Brock does. Like I rewatched mm. the opening um, to the Northern Island show, and he comes out. Isaac Brock comes out, and he's like, you know, in one of his neat little nerdy shirts, and he is like sweating profusely. And he sort of growls something into the microphone, like, thank you all for coming to that effect. And then he goes, like, my arm is bleeding. And then he just starts <laughs> playing Third Planet. <laughs> like, that's it. And so the same thing happened when we were at Riot Fest. And you just, like, 
they played, um, oh, what song is that? Um, uh, How Soon Is Now, right? That like, like Mm -hmm. those, you just hear that chord and then all of a sudden it's Johnny Marr, not Morrissey. And he sort of just says like, thank you for coming. And then just like starts playing the song. Like there's no fan interaction. Like at all, like at all. And that's the other, like the weird, they're not like crazy stories, but they're just like weird. So like, Mm -hmm. I've just always felt like, Modest Mouse didn't give two shits if they had fans or not. Like, they were going to play oh, anyway. <laughs> I think the other the other thing that was so fascinating to me watching the um, Pitchfork did on the oh, yeah, 20th the anniversary of, of Lonesome Crowded, um, you know, and obviously they interviewed all of the, the active band members at the time. And it was so crazy because Jeremiah Green and Eric Judy, like, whispered almost the whole, like... Like it was like they'd they'd start off they'd start off kind of at this level, and then they'd fall off at the end of their sentences. And it was like, oh, oh what? Like you are rock stars. I mean, stars is maybe a strong word, but like you are successful rock musicians. And it was just so crazy to see these. I mean, these mice of yeah. men, like literally the the quietest, most soft spoken, really just, introverted, just yeah. kind, gentle people. So I almost I I don't. It's not like they were ambivalent about their fans. Right. I just think they just they just didn't know how right. to no, interact. Exactly. With, they exactly. just don't. That's and they and they don't have a, a vested interest in finding out either. They are fine as is. Yeah. No. It's one of the. It's it is my favorite band, but it's odd that I don't. I have one T-shirt. Oh. I have one Modest Mouse T-shirt, mm-hmm. and it's a an ice cream cone, and I don't even think it says Modest Mouse anymore on it. That's it. Like, it's just... Is it part of an ice cream party? Is that where is... <laughs> well, you know, what that song was a reference to. What? In 2012, he built a recording studio and called it Ice Cream Party. So that's, like, oh. where... And he's, you know, lent it out to other... Musicians. Musicians to use, and it's where they recorded Strangers to Ourselves. Yeah. I was I was blown away to find out that uh, on top of being part of an indie rock uh, stronghold that is Modest Mouse, he also was an A and R rep. Uh, oh yeah, for what was it, Sub Pop? He was an A and R rep for Sub Pop, so he helped signed The Shins and Iron and Wine, and he is single handedly responsible for finding Wolf Parade and produced their album. I was yeah. gonna say there's a a music exhibit in Seattle called Music. What is it called? Music? I don't know. Oh, well, there's a... I would have gone with it. No, uh, we don't speak about that. Um, but it's like literally under the Space Needle, and it's just this big music thing. But the best thing about it is they have uh, this giant like whiteboard, and it has clusters of musicians that Im- either influenced or signed or whatever. And so the ones that, like, Modest Mouse and the Shins... And, like, the Smiths, like, there's this whole, like, Elliot Smith, like, whole mm-hmm. corridor that's all just, like, tied up. And I'm like, oh, my favorite band! Like, uh, I think Elliot I even Smith have my picture in front Smiths, of it. by the way. Did you know that? Ugh. <laughs> anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the other, the other, I guess, really, like, weird story that I really, like, you alluded to earlier is uh, when Isaac had his jaw broke broken for talking shit outside of a bar About like below sunshine. like the recording studio when yeah. they were recording mm-hmm. moon in antarctica right mm-hmm. in chicago, chicago yeah in bridgeport 
Mm-hmm. Which is uh, not a place I would expect someone to get their face broken, but I guess so. It was I, guess, I mean, it also depends on how Isaac Brock was behaving. Right? At the was time he the creepy, sinister version of himself? I mean, fucking <laughs> shit. He's, he's talked a lot in recent years about just like drinking constantly. So you know, hey, I believe you'd be slightly belligerent at times. Yeah, I mean, half a dozen lyrics are in across these albums are about like I ran my mouth off. Or, what did I say? Mm-hmm. Like, oh god, what did I do? So I believe I that. was talking a bit too much. But you do, you see. I think he. I think that's the other thing about Modest Mouse that I really like is there must be some vulnerability here because of the like kaleidoscope of emotions that you get to see here. Oh yeah. It's just really kind of rare. I, I mean, indie rock is kind of like, I don't know. I always think about it as being a little more angry than not. And mm-hmm. this just has so much like sweetness and vulnerability that it's, it mm-hmm. feels like more special. Well, I don't, Oh, go ahead. I was going to just going to say in uh, that same doc, uh, one of the other band members was, was saying that Isaac is more honest in his lyrics mm-hmm. than he is in real life. Like, he expresses fears and sentiments and ideologies that he would never try to vocalize or, you know, concentrate into a a pure thought in normal conversation, but he really expresses himself through his music, and Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what's so strong about people's connection to it, is that it, it truly is a window into someone's psyche that they don't even show the people closest to them outside of this context. Well, I was going down a complete research hole last night, and I just randomly, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I'm like, why is like, why I love Modest Mouse. I did a search for that, and I came across this Reddit thread. It was just like, people like, hey, why do you love Modest Mouse? And it was crazy how many people, like, I was 15 years old, I was 17 years old, I, I lost my job, my parent died, I was contemplating suicide, like, just mm. all these different stories. And it was just the thing, two things that were true that just surprised me. One, how many people connected because of Float On, which I was like, I was expecting this to be like a thread of like deep hardcore fans, but no, it was like people that like, I jumped on at Float On and that's what led me to their back catalog, which I thought Mm -hmm. was so surprising. But the other thing was that the thing I love the most about the band is how they express complex emotions of how they express the contradictions and how they are talking about the sadness and the happiness at the same time. It's not one note. And I think that's one of the things that I just kind of seeing all these comments in a row basically saying the same thing of like, I was in a tragic circumstance, I hear float on very differently now, and I love how they address complex emotions. It's like, oh, okay, that kind of speaks a little bit to what their appeal is, and I think that's why people are ride or die all the way up to even through Strangers to Ourselves, because they like how... Isaac especially articulates the, it's not one thing, it's not a single area. And so many of their songs kind of exist within contradictions of themselves too, lyrically and emotionally. And I think that's kind of what is their driving force and why they're latched onto. I also think a really strong piece of people's connection to it is um, how, you know, he is very specific in a lot of his lyrics, but it's also very relatable things. It's These are songs for the everyman. You know, that he at no point in his career is he reflecting on fame or drinking champagne and like fucking oh right. I, mean, <laughs> I had just, a butler just, and a shot of an example. And, and he easily could have I mean, post float on, We Were Dead could have been a very different album from what it ended up being. It, they could have gone down You could have gotten much Jeremy. <laughs> 
Sure. Yeah. For example, or you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about a lot of other indie rock bands who started sort of losing a hold of what made them interesting at this point. You know, yeah. Sorry. I, was in my I mean, in 2000. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but like, but. Uh, that, that was who I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Um, nope. My train of thought is gone. Good. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the King Rat, right? Yeah, the uh, music video. It's delightful, and it's one of the ones uh, that I think you can throw at any kind of Modest Mouse fan, and you really like it. The video was, like, inspired by Heath Ledger, and he it's was working on it. Based off of his sketches that he had. Because yeah. he directed other music videos for other, like, shitty rock bands, too. Shitty. I mean, truly, they're not great. But it's one of the things he just wanted to explore as a director. When they met him, it was even, like, he was, like, taking breaks between filming Joker, so his hair was all green and frazzled. Mm. Uh, but he was so excited. He was so into the band. Uh, and it's, and, but eventually, obviously he passed away, so I think the music video, it looks like it's kind of a lot of storyboard sketches that are kind of animated. And yes, I think that's kind yes. of basically, they were based off of either his concerts or his, maybe even some of his drawings that they just kind of built into a music video It's a nice pearl. It's a nice piece. It has yeah. all the things that you love about Modest Mouse in it. The secret horns, the fun lyrics, the sinister bits, the like barking at the that's how secret horns are my favorite thing in the entire world i think love secret horns yes uh because they're they they do have a decent number of pretty fun b-sides um i do think there's sort of diminishing returns on the eps personally <laughs> but um I you need your taxes done. Taryn will do your taxes. Uh, there is a really great piece on Interstate 8 that didn't make it onto Building Nothing Out of Something called Edit the Sad Parts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely worth checking out. I also think off of everywhere, um, here it comes, and there's an instrumental called The Air. Yes! That is really, really fun. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite EP? Well, I like Baron Von Bullshit. Um, the live it, record. The live record. I think of the the ones that we haven't talked about. And I it, that's pretty consistent. Like, that's on brand for me. I like the live albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also just is a nice collection of... Make sure she doesn't get into fish. Oh, no. I can play both. <laughs> I had my fish phase. I was it about actually, to say. It started in high school and it ended in college. Uh, I think like most people. Um, we got, like, free tickets to see fish. And the sets were just so long and everyone was way On more drugs. stoned than I was. Yeah. And that was the end of my fish days. Uh, <laughs> same with uh, Dave Matthews. Anyway. And I know there's certain people who just like clicked off the world uh, when I just poo pooed on that. But yeah, no, Baron Mumbles has a nice, it's a nice collection of songs. It's fun, has some good sound clips on it. I'm <laughs> talking Dave right now. Matthew's Bane all of a sudden. First <laughs> report. <laughs> oh, I just lean into it. Yep, lean yep, into yep. it. <laughs> the stair has better lumbar support. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly Sean Connery. That's uh, well, we, it's uh, we're watching uh, Harley oh, Quinn, uh, which is a fantastic show, oh. animated show, by the way. And oh, yeah, watch we'll, it. We'll talk offline, but okay. you, need to, okay. you it is so fucking good, and the way they do Bane is incredible. 
yeah. Oh, uh, I wanted to throw out a, a quick fun fact on uh, Sad Sappy Sucker. One of the useless uh, voicemail songs is called Australopithecus. Yeah! Uh, which is, for those that don't know, the ancient genus of hominids um, from two to five million years ago that then gave birth to our genus, the homos. Oh, so. how about we, that? We are all homos. We are all homeowners. Homo, uh, yeah. So it's yep, uh, everyone in this room. Definitely is it card carrying. Oh, homo. yeah. Well, I, well, we are podcast sensations. Uh, <laughs> so it's a thing. Yeah. We, uh, the thing. Uh, can we? I mean, I don't mean to make uh, light of it or anything like that. But genuinely, the story reading about uh, Jeremiah's break, uh, psychotic break, prior to recording Good News, was kind of insane well, to me. It was crazy too because the, the where. I read it was, I think, a 2004 interview with Spin, Mm -hmm. where they were, you know, releasing good news, and Jeremiah was, like, going to come back to rehearsals soon. So it was, I, I was surprised how, I guess, public they were about just saying the crazy shit that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he apparently, like, wasn't in a great place and was prescribed uh, antidepressants that just made everything worse and made him, like, way more psychotic. And so there was, like, a screaming match and he was throwing stuff and then he left the band for a bit. He, like, drove off and no one saw him for a month. Uh, And it's just like, oh okay, and they didn't know what to do or how to proceed, but yeah, it was a whole different series of things. So they wrote the whole album without him, which is is crazy, especially because of what, I I think, you know, on the early records, for me, he is a really huge part of what makes the strong songs so strong. Mm -hmm. We mentioned it briefly in the main cast, but talking about dancey beats, fucking doing the cockroach, (laughs) um, is like, that was another song that is like in my top 10, certainly Mm -hmm. just absolutely insane. And it starts off so perfectly. It doesn't hint at all where it's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Talk about losing your trains of thought. We spent, we didn't, we spent what, 70 minutes and we didn't mention his lisp. Oh my god, we didn't mention his lisp at all. That's crazy. Right? Well, it's so prominent when you listen to him in interviews. Um, He tries to hide it in the very brief talking that he does in between songs live. But when you listen to him in an interview, I mean, the lisp is there. And so it just gets buried. You can't, you can barely hear it. And so the songs you can hear it on... I feel are the most those sweet, vulnerable little moments where I'm like, oh, we're really talking to you. This is Mm -hmm. really okay. And I, because his vocal delivery overall is so intense and distinct that I didn't even recognize it as a lisp for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because he chooses his words carefully and then also, I think, edits out because he doesn't have a full, like, TH list. His S's are just extra S-y, um, which is something I also uh, do a little bit. And so I think there's an element of he he can pull that back a little. And there's also an element of in the studio, you just chop the end of that sound bite off. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't end up on the record. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting you say that because now I'm thinking, I wonder if some of the vocal gymnastics and the play on words... And choosing words that sound 
better the way he says them is a result of him playing with his lisp. I think I think there's a point to that. I thought it was also very uh, rude of James Mercer to record that diss track about him uh, kissing the lispless. What? I thought that was uh, pretty... Although, one thing we didn't mention, though, I did want to mention was that I do think that as a shout-singing uh, vocalist, I think that uh, by on We Were Dead, I think that is the album where he kind of perfects that because I just... Every time I hear March Into the Sea and he goes in the... Ha, ha, ha! Ha, ha, ha! And it's just like... It's so throaty and so confident and so powerful. I truly... I, I truly think that the... The more seasoned he got as a vocalist in his own unique way, the more he sort of channeled the spirit of David Byrne. <laughs> in, that, yeah! in that, like, you're, you have a weird voice and you know it, but you also know exactly what to do with Slippery it people. to grab an audience. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter that he probably couldn't produce vibrato to save his life. It's because that's not what it's about. Right. That's not what it's about. That's not why you're why here. You it's all about vibrato? it's about the storytelling and just like you said in those moments where you can hear the lisp, you're like, oh hi, we're talking to Isaac right yeah. now. It's like in the the times that he is shouting, I feel the same way. You know, it's so distinct and so utterly himself that I it's like few other people could pull off these songs. I think that's why we mentioned the the Float On covers are so cringy because when when you know a song that has such a distinct performance as what Isaac does so well, when you know a song like that backwards and forwards, even when someone just pronounces a word the correct way, you're like, no, no, that's not how this song is sung. You're not doing it justice if you are taking out an essential piece, like what he gives to pretty much everything. That's why I like listening to Modest Mouse by myself in my car. Um, Because if you try to listen to Modest Mouse in the car with other people who are maybe not as familiar with a lot of the words or the sounds, you're holding the steering wheel shouting things in in weird pitches. You're not always matching (laughs) him. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And And so it's never as fun. Like I, Modest Mouse is my favorite band, but it's not like a new friend comes over. Nikki goes through her, uh, vinyl collection is like clearly we're gonna put on Modest Mouse to vibe this whole room. Like yeah. no, no, Modest Mouse is uh, almost like a personal, in- listening yeah, experience. intimately, yeah, mine. Well, it's definitely. I mean, I think the band members would love that, being the introverts that they are. I think it comes through in their music. It's sort of it's it's music for yourself, and if you happen to find someone else who loves it, that's great. Yeah, but that's not. That's not the the experience of the world that they create. We um, So I used to work at this bar in Boston. And uh, for anybody who's worked in food service or at bars, there's this you know, like shutdown period afterwards where usually the staff will come in and have a drink. And so we used to make it extra special. And we'd turn the lights down really low. And we'd play songs and things that we really like. But it was this incredible moment one night where we played Broke and it was like me and one other guy and then one of the cooks in the kitchen heard it playing and just came out and sat at the bar and it was like two dudes sitting at the bar and me and we just sort of silently sat there in like this beautiful like you know almost candlelit space just loudly playing over the PA and we were just all vibing and then it was over and we didn't say a fucking word and we just back, went back to whatever we were doing and played mm. you know some other Smith song or something Sing but it was just and it, it was beautiful because it was this shared intimate 
moment. But yeah. we didn't have to be like, fucking mind match is like the best band ever. It was just yeah. this, a different way to share music. It was really nice. Yeah, I mean, that's how we get about share albums, but you know, that's kind of a different, it's a different beast altogether. Turn back time. Fuck can't believe that worked. How <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, about you? I also will uh, shout out one of the things that I thought was really interesting was I listened to, uh, there's a band for a while that unfortunately is now canceled called Sun Kill Moon. Oh, which was a songwriting project of Mark Kozelik, uh, and he, of Red House Painters, who did a lot of slowcore kind of stuff. And in 2005, he just did an album of nothing but straight-up Modest Mouse covers. It was called Tiny Cities. And it's all this, like, lilting, light, gently plucked acoustic uh, as he goes through. And he wisely chose songs not to do, like he didn't choose fucking Float On. But he does do songs like uh, Jesus Was an Only Child. And, it, like, so it's just... Random. But the thing is that, you know, making and then like this like this throaty you know like light baritone well like that, think about that with like drama mean like yeah. an acoustic yeah. plucked yeah oh man drink and drama mean feels so weird at the top I always forget that that's where drama mean is right as an drama intro mean, to their career drama mean is one of the I think one of the first songs I ever heard by Modest Mouse and then going back it blows my mind that that that's the first song that's yeah. it you took you took some drama mean in the last episode, right? Because it was drama and you were mean. So Uh-oh. I figured that was. <laughs> it's a really you're a... getting you're getting the blank double blank right now. <laughs> I totally thought that joke was going somewhere else because drama mean is actually to like uh, assist I think with motion sickness, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And so I figured it was going to be some play on how much you move and talk and how fast you are and how close you are like astigmatism or something. Didn't think that's where the I mean, I, I am a human stigmatism, as we are very well aware. Oh but, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still, uh, any other crazy <laughs> stories? Any other times you saw them lie you wanted to reiterate or repeat? No, I'm just... Um, uh, Still sort of sitting here thinking about that gasp when you tried to throw We Were Dead so yeah, low. That I know. so genuine. That's going to be well, a moment. Coming immediately after <laughs> the anger at me nominating Good News. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. yeah, no. I don't I don't think any of us ended up with the ranking we were planning. Um, but, but that's that's often how it goes. Yeah, and but I and I said genuinely beforehand that this more than any other episode, I had no idea what was going to because I had like the thing is like I didn't know what your personal number one was going to be because I knew you liked we were dead. I wasn't sure if it was going to be the number one. Mm-hmm. And similarly for you, Nico, I wasn't sure if you were like hardcore going to be a lonesome crowded West girl, or I wasn't sure where it was going and to be. And it stand. really it so depends on your mood. And that's right. the nice thing about this tight, compact little catalog is there isn't like when we went through Tom Petty, there was shit we could just take out at the knees. Like, oh yeah. Really early. Elephant skin, easy. fuck that shit. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> You hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it just still ripe, so ripe. <laughs> but it just it, like it just sort of depends on what mood you're in, you know. Like it, you just there's mm-hmm. something there for you. The, oh, the other thing I, that uh, modest mouse fans say is that there's usually an album that they can't listen to anymore. Or oh, right, right. It, it was connected too closely to like and a it's traumatic n- time. Never the same album. Like yeah. it's, it, some people say it's this is a long drive. Some people say lonesome crowded west. Moon in Antarctica, I think, really touches a lot of people in weird ways. And so, especially if it hit, you know, usually for me, I say it hit at a really good time in my life. But I, you know, if if something sad was happening and some of these, like, sad lyrics came your way, yeah, you might want to... Yeah, I mean, for Stay me, I it. I mean, I kind of relate. I can't listen to Strangers to Ourselves anymore whatsoever. Mm. I just, it's so bad. 
Because it I, came in a bad time it, in your life. It, 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 I was listening to good music and then it came on and then I realized You just have to weed out the songs that are bad. Like, that's the beauty Like, of... tracks uh, 3 through 14? I do two. I do <laughs> Lampshades, Lampshades, Ansel, Groundbox, Coyotes, Sugar Boats, Burger Campaign, Be Brave. You're being super generous. And that's it. I, I will say, like, I, li- I, I like the sentiment of uh, Ansel. I really, really did. I just think the production and the song itself is just so... Uh, buoyant that I couldn't really hit on the same emotional level. It's not supposed to, to be at. there. It's supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. I also, it's a weird thing. I think when I mentioned in the main cast, like, Lampshades on Fire feels like a grab at a radio single. The other two songs that feel like that to me is We've Got Everything. Mm-hmm. Just, I like, I like it, but, like, it feels a little too obvious. Mm-hmm. It feels a little too much like this could have been recorded by any band with guitars. But Isaac has been really clear to, I think you joked about him sort of selling off to be, you know, to get money, but he was very, he's very open about like, yeah, I gave it to the minivan people because I needed to pay for the tour. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't, take it. Oh, I don't begrudge any artist for making money from their music. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Or are you are you buying their groceries? If we could make no. money from this podcast, we'd be doing it so much. Especially more. knowing how little like they have a platinum album, and that probably didn't even like set them up for life. True story. Like especially in in this era, that's not a given. So like, sell your fucking songs to commercials. That's Bitch. good money. Yeah. Although, uh, oh my god, what was it? Earlier, I was singing uh, to Taryn. I was going, ba, 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 ba. and I was trying to do the uh, spoke, the kind of background vocals of the world at large. And he's like, "Oh, you're not doing. Oh, you're not doing lampshades. Oh, okay, yeah." It's very similar. Yeah, which I thought was so funny. Uh, but hey, uh, well, if we don't have any other stories, then mm-hmm. I will say uh, that Nico, I'm so glad that we got to talk about your number one. Oh, this is the all one. Time yeah, no, this band. is this is the one, and I I was most anxious because I I really um, I hate picking my least favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I hate saying which ones in you know the bottom half. I really hate that because if you love an artist, you fucking love something about everything, mm-hmm. and so it's so hard. And so, on the one hand, I really, really wanted to do this one, and on the other hand, I really didn't want to do this one because I didn't want to have to put anybody in the bottom. Yeah. But you made it really nice, and you made it really gentle. Yeah, so I know. I appreciate and the, that. And the thing about me and Taryn is that, you know, for our <laughs> listeners at home, like, we, we can joke about these things, but also Taryn and I are very stubborn and strong-willed people that have our very strong opinions as well. So, guess what? You've heard it in the podcast but my, before. My infuriating opinions. Yes. <laughs> which I'm I'm wearing as a badge of honor at this point. And Every time I'm doing research and I'm like, oh, the fans hate this album. Well. <laughs> like, the, a number of people that were like, the middle of the road record, we were dead, or the ship even sank. Like, just like, I saw that so many, so many times, places. So many people were like, oh, what a letdown. And I'm like, wow, how does it feel to be so wrong? I don't hate any song in that album. Period. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm Period. not saying it's perfect. I definitely do think, like, I, I've listened to the first half probably twice as many times as I've listened to the back half. Three said the same thing. It's, the first seven songs are mm, almost perfect, in my humble opinion. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some issues. There's some lesser ones. Florida and, and we've got everything aren't quite at the same batting average. I'm, but then, like, education doesn't do much for me. Steam and Genius is fine. 
And even the other songs on the back half, like, going into this week, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like this one. And then when it came on, I was like, oh, except I've listened to it a hundred times. So, yes, I do like this so one. So, it's a like, jam. It's yeah. a jam. But this is the reason why, the only reason why we have people like uh, Nico on is because she is a Chartographer's All-Star. She knows the game. She plays it. And we're happy to have her. So I'm ready. I'm so glad you were here for this. So ready for my hoodie, my zip-up. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you like no other band, so I guess we can't have you on any other time after this. I don't yeah, know no, that's else. it. That's yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're clearly going to bring you on for our Tom Waits episode, and then we're going to go from there. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you truly. I do mean this. Thank you so much for being here. And also, Taryn, as always, I appreciate it. I'm glad we got to talk about this. Yeah. And uh, everyone, please leave your opinion. We'll leave your list of album rankings on our Facebook, on our Twitter. If you want to be rude, you can email us at thechartographers at gmail.com or leave a comment, leave a review anywhere uh, that we have them because we have lots of places for them. Any review helps drive traffic, and we appreciate it if that does happen. In the meantime, though, thank you for listening, everyone. Keep on listening because you know the movie. Have a good one, and good bye. Welcome to the Review Universe promo! The Review Universe with Chris and Steve is a podcast about two men who are hired to review everything in the universe. We're stuck in a tiny room together filled with pneumatic tubes while two shadowy figures dictate what we have to review next. Anything from pizza to pop stars to the entire state of Wisconsin. A new episode every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. We give this promo a 100 out of 100. 100. <laughs>